This SoFi podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. Back to You is up next, but first, take a listen to this other fine Opie show. This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. On this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. Kentucky woman solves breathing issue with face masks. The best place in the world to be stuck in quarantine. Hey, we got an order of body bags. Rick's brush with Willie Mays. Rick's interview with John Records Landecker without me. Yes, that's right. And we also have comedian Dwayne Kennedy, who is an Emmy winner and a hilarious man. All that in Unlimited Tangents on this week's Minutia Men. The Tony Lasano Podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Radiomisfits.com. The following is a Tony Lasano Podcast, an OPI show. On the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, this is Back to You with Howard Sudbury, that's me, and Steve Baskerville. <laughs> and he's laughing already. <laughs> what are you laughing at? The professionalism feel- of this? I was just wondering how soon we'd start talking over each other, and it started immediately. <laughs> I, I'm uh, I'm feeling pretty swole up today because I just had a a nice slice of pizza before this started. Did you? Cold? Yeah. Cold pizza? No, no I, I never liked cold pizza. And there are some people who thought that was part of the purpose of saving the pizza was to eat it cold the next morning. And that never appealed to me. I like it as hot as when I first bought it. Yeah, I love it cold, but uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna warm it, did you warm it in the microwave? Yes, they that's st- the only thing we have working right now because our stove decided in the pandemic that it didn't want to work anymore, so it's going to force people over my house. Oh, the fix it man. Yeah, which is fine. Uh, and then, well, it's people, not fine. Uh, your phone's wanna, ringing. Yeah, wait, hold on, I got to go get it. The house phone. Somebody will get it. It sounds like a clinic when that house phone rings. It does. <laughs> the Baskerville Somebody Project, here. may I help you? How may I direct yeah. your call? Yeah, I'd like uh, two slices of pizza. <laughs> Cold. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got somebody coming in, a repair person, to work on your stove. So what's their yeah, protocol? He's, he's already gotten here. He had his mask on and, and he had... Uh, uh, gloves on and I, we had our masks on and he, he even at that even with that uh, as part of the requirement we kept our distance and he came in and checked it out and of course it means you have a part needed that he doesn't have <laughs> yes so <laughs> did he have to order it yes and then he's got to come back and put it in yes obviously he's not going to send it to you and tell you to put it in no and he's hoping, and then by then, maybe the virus has spread even more, so we can make it even more dangerous. Yeah. So we've already Johnny rambled. My original point was, uh, because I'm Chef Howie, um, I was shown by my people here that if you take pizza from the night before and you put it on a like a sheet pan and put it in the oven, that'll crisp it up real nicely instead of putting it in the microwave. Yeah. I would have preferred to, to have done that, but I couldn't. Or go cold. Never cold. I don't think I've ever had a slice of cold pizza ever. You've never had it? No, I'm never going to start. So how do you know you don't like it? Because it's not the in- intention. I don't I don't order it and say, oh, by the way, can you bring it cold? <laughs> well, just, but it's, it's dessert. It's for the next day. Yeah. You're missing out. I'm not kidding you. It's a dessert. Yeah. What do you put? Strawberries and no, I what, put, cream on top? You know what I put on it? And it's, I don't recommend it. Uh, too much salt. I don't add a thing to it. I order it the way I want it, and it arrives, and I have the pepperoni and sausage on top of it, and I'm ready to go. I'll put a I, little hot sauce on it. No. I put hot sauce on almost anything. Do you like hot sauce? <laughs> yes, I do, but not on almost anything. So what would you put it on? Well, I'd, I'd put it on... Uh, Something like greens. I'd put it on uh, different meats from time to time. I don't think about putting hot sauce on stuff very often. How about eggs? Never. Hot sauce on eggs? Mm -hmm. Never. That sounds like a mistake. Why do you think they bring you hot sauce in a restaurant when they bring your scrambled eggs? 
because they want to look busier. <laughs> I'm opening up all kinds of new cuisine to you today. And none of it is appealing. And everybody else is like, yeah, he's right. I've done that. That's really good. No, they're all siding with me. That sounds ridiculous. I knew a guy, and you knew him too, that uh, we worked with who every time I saw him eating this particular snack, he was dousing hot sauce on it. And I never tried that and wasn't tempted even when I saw him doing it. He used to put hot sauce on popcorn. Oh, I've done that. Never. Yes. That opens up a whole new world of popcorn. Why? Did you did you do it just because the waiter brought it in his hand? Well, I, no, I didn't get. I didn't order popcorn in a restaurant. It was here at the house. Well, oh, I see. No, but I've never done that. Here's here's what you can do with that. Um, instead of putting butter and salt on it, you can put hot sauce. Never. It, I, I won't even think about. Okay. Well, that. well, I just once again try it. Open up your horizons. <laughs> and your nostrils, because it's going to flare when all that hot sauce comes your way. Yeah, that is the strange part about it, is that if it's really good, it's like horseradish, or the sauce at Arby's, horsey sauce. Um, when it's really good, it gives you that rush up through your nostrils, and you actually like that. You know, it gives you that, that brain rush that you can't stand. you got to get up and walk around before you come back and take another bite. That's what you like. Yeah. Do you like horsey sauce from Arby's? <laughs> from Arby's, you said? Yeah. I can't tell you the last time I was at an Arby's. This portion of Back to You is brought to you by Arby's, our, new sp <laughs> our newest sponsor, Steve. I should have told you. I love Arby's. I'm there all the time. <laughs> right. And what else do you love there? Your hot, their horsey sauce. Yeah. Can't, can't live without it. Uh, no, I've never. I, maybe I've gone to an Arby's once or twice. I'm very particular about my fast food choices too. I like them I'm all. A, I'm a Wendy's man, uh, a, a good old tried and true McDonald's uh, customer, and then after that, it wanes. I'm not really into uh, Burger King and uh, Taco Bell. A long time ago that I've had Taco Bell. Taco Bell. It's really good. Yeah. There's a new fast food place uh, popping up around Chicagoland now. It began or started in New Orleans. It's called Raising Canes, C-A-N-E-S, like sugar cane, chicken mm. place. And I haven't had it yet. The one near me hasn't opened, but it's supposed to be really good. So put that down in your list of fast food to try. I will, right after I order up some cold pizza and some popcorn with hot sauce. Yeah, you know, when you were talking about pizza, it, it made me think, do you feel, because I consider you a Chicagoan now, because when you've lived a place since 1984, 1985, even though you grew up in Philadelphia, I think you're a Chicagoan. So do you feel this um, sense of pride about Chicago pizza versus New York pizza and you know, argue with people about it and what have you? I'm I'm a thin crust pizza lover and deep dish pizza only once in a while will I be in the mood for it. Uh, however, I think it's gone far beyond regional because I have relatives who live in Maryland who love deep dish and I will send them uh, original deep dish uh, pizza from Chicago from time to time, and they love it. Malnati's? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Malnati's is and great. I, and we never grew up uh, living east eating deep dish pizza. This portion of Back to You is brought to you by Lou Malnati's Pizza. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to throw that out there one of these days, and they're going to send us some stuff. <laughs> but I don't care. You know, good pizza is good pizza. New York pizza when you're out there you know they they have the big slices and you fold it up and eat it that's great uh our pizza here is great so good is good i it doesn't matter where it's from actually i think pizza like most foods are really the most enjoyable when they come from a mom and pop store or a small restaurant or even off of a truck I think that's better than any of the big chains or big fancy restaurants. 
some of the close to home cooking that you get with very small places. They tend to taste the best. I was in a, a Mexican restaurant that's near here uh, that I favor and I go to from time to time. Very small, small, you know, uh, the ownership, you know, the original owners are there. And on a plate on the wall, on a paper plate on the wall, was something signed by uh, Rick Bayless. Rick Bayless being, uh, you know, a very uh, high-profile chef that's known across the country and probably parts of the world. He is. And he, he chose this location because he really liked that food. And, and, and even he would go and explore was what I, what I got out of that and seemed to enjoy something coming from a small, uh, out-of-the-way restaurant that maybe not a lot of people knew of. Yeah, he's a celebrity chef here in Chicago. We have many of them. And he has Toplo Bamba. And what's the what's the place attached to it that's a little I can't Little La Bamba. Little La Bamba. <laughs> and the bigger one is Lotta Bamba. Uh, yeah. No, yeah. it's uh, Frontera Grill. <laughs> which which uh, reminds me, I ordered some Bamba socks. You ever heard of that <laughs> yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I ordered some See, I I'm doing that kind of stuff now during this pandemic. I'm I'm sitting at home and just just conjuring up stuff to do and things that I might buy that I hadn't thought of buying before. That's why I can't turn to a QVC or the Home Shopping Network or any of those uh shopping networks because I'd be a sucker for everything that popped up now. Well, sp- speaking of being a sucker, you know, I'm I'm skeptical. I've heard of Bamba, and I know it's legit, but in your social media, which you're not on very much, we've documented, but if you're scrolling down on Instagram or Twitter and an yeah. ad comes up, yeah. you know, there are a lot of bogus ones that are that, that will pop up, and you click on them, and, you know, you can order something and not get it. I ordered some sunglasses one time from a company and never got them, sent an email to them, and they said, "Oh, it's on the way," and they did. They did respond, but it was a it was a scam, and I con- contacted my credit card company, and they got rid of the charge. But you got to be careful about that. Yeah, I go straight to the source. Uh, I don't go to the ad. I go to their website, and I got it. Well, Never, I, do I too. tried it. I haven't gotten them yet. I'll let you know how they feel. Well, I do um, too. I but he, see, here's a word of warning: the website, the whole thing, can be fake. Well, look. See, yeah. <laughs> then, then you may as well not do anything on that. <laughs> Am I scaredy catting? Yeah, you are pretty much. The whole I'm internet. Sitting, you know what is I'm a ruse. It is. We're talking over each other again. I think I may attempt to go from A to Z on the internet until I reach the end. <laughs> 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 I wonder how long that would take. Every day for a few years, probably. Huh? How? Oh my you God! You get to Z, you get to Z, and you go Zephyr. <sighs> Five lifetimes. Yeah. Um, I'm having, as we uh, record this, I'm having a cup of hot tea. Is that old manish to have hot tea, or do young only people you have put, it? Uh, only if you put some hot sauce in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, I have honey in it. Yeah, that's fine. That's perfect. Is that okay? Yeah. Um, this is a great, timely conversation we're having. It is. Well, it's typical of what we do because we ramble. And I want you to take a look at something. Look, 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 look it. You can't, the people <laughs> listening can't see it, but Steve will tell you. That actually says the Ramble Brothers, the Ramble Brothers t-shirt. That's fantastic. And you say that I'm getting one? Yeah, I got one yeah. for you. Um, Beautiful. It fits me very well. It'll probably be a little tight on you. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad that you're using your free time constructively. What are you doing, down here knitting and sewing? No, I was doing what you just talked about doing. I ordered something on the Internet. Well, how do I know it's real when I get it? Well, look at this. There it is. Yeah, I see and yours. I've got yours. I see, yeah, I see yours. Mine will be the fake one you got off the website somewhere. <laughs> Uh, just PayPal me twenty nine ninety five. Yeah, good luck with that. Plus shipping and handling. <laughs> yeah, 
Okay, I'll send it over by Uber Eats. <laughs> here's a here's a partial list that I jotted down of things that I haven't done in mm. forever. Haircut. Yeah. No haircut. I could get a well, cut here at home. You know. Well, it'd be a long time before you venture out to the actual salon or barbershop and get your haircut. Are you worried about that? Uh, yeah. I mean, that's pretty close proximity to the, and I feel bad for the barbers and the, yes. you know, the salons and the hairstylists and what have you. But, um, I'm, I'm not going to go for another reason. I just want to grow mine long for the first time in my life. I may go to a ponytail and everything. You know, what's so interesting about living in these stressful times or in the, in the conditions that we're in, everybody's deciding to do these things. And then they're saying, I'm going to stick with it after it's over. Well, why didn't you just do it before all of this started? What kept you from growing your hair and growing your beard anyway? Well, where I worked, uh, very strict, probably uh, bordering on uh, anal dress code and, and you know, um, what, am, what am I trying to say? Protocols, uh, you know, beards neatly trimmed, hair so you could cropped. So you couldn't go back? So you couldn't go back looking like that? Military-like? No. Hmm. No. So the only reason why, why I, I never grew a beard was because I never wanted to go through that scraggly phase on the air on TV because you have to go through the ugly to get to what you want. And I never had that kind of time when I was on the air all the time. Um, you know, you try to look as groomed as you could. You're going to go through a raggedy phase and then you'll get to where you want to be. That would have been a good thing, though. It'd be people would be tuning in every night to see what Steve looked like now. Well, have some people don't Steve's bad beard. Well, some people don't outgrow the raggedy face, and so it might eternally look raggedy. <laughs> that's the other danger in doing it. Yeah, but that's in style now—the scruffy look. Yeah. So you'd be so, hip. So that's well. Remember, what is hip today might become passe. <laughs> You know, to somebody young, they call it scruffy. And to somebody our age, a little bit older, they call it raggedy. Yeah. Grizzly. <laughs> Grizzly. Funky. Did you see Howard? He looks all grizzled. I remember funky. Red Fox said, remember when funky was just funky? <laughs> you know, it was uh, somebody's old socks. There's your Red Fox quote of the day. Or their drawers. That was funky. <laughs> funky was not a dance. <laughs> <laughs> Nor a beard. The funky chicken. I wonder how many people listening right now remember the funky chicken. None. I barely remember it. <laughs> it was before my time. Tell me about it. No, it was just a dance. And I, yeah, uh, I know. Ruf Rufus Thomas was a guy who... Uh, invented the funky chicken and he yeah. had a song out, do the funky chicken. And that reminds me of one of the things that has happened uh, since we've last talked. Unfortunately, we have lost some major uh, iconic figures, one much more popular and appealing probably than the other. The two people I'm thinking of, uh, the, the first one is Little Richard. My mm -hmm. goodness, Little Richard. Yep. Who, uh, if anybody has any love for rock and roll and getting back to the old school, almost the beginnings of it, Little Richard is right up there as the all-time, one of the all-time greats. The other person I was thinking of was Roy Horn, part of Siegfried and Roy. And yes. Roy passed away within the last week or so. And... uh I was one of those folks who I, I don't think you have done this once. I saw Siegfried and Roy live and in person at least three times. Wow. Yeah. Might have been four. I saw them once uh, because I loved the magic acts, the illusion acts, those big shows in Vegas. And uh, Siegfried and Roy was unbelievable. And of course, he was attacked by a tiger or. There are people that say that he, that, uh, you know, that watch behaviors and study tigers, they say that he might have had a stroke and fallen and that the tiger was dragging him off stage to safety. Have you ever read that? Yes. And then there was another notion that somebody in the first row 
had on a weird looking hat and it distracted the tiger. And uh, he was trying to save Roy from whatever he thought he saw in the audience. Yeah, danger. Pulling him away. Yeah. Now, I, being somewhat of a student of Siegfried and Roy, uh, remember the act uh, pretty clearly. And it didn't change much from the times I had seen it. Siegfried was much more of the ringmaster. He would come out, welcome everybody. How are you today? What a wonderful time we're going to have. And he described what you saw on stage. Roy was the one who'd be hugging the animals and kissing the animals and riding the big elephant that they had because they had more than tigers. They had jaguars and and elephants, and they had all of these animals that looked like you were in Wild Kingdom. And Roy was the one who was much more hands-on. So when I heard of his death, it didn't surprise me that it was Roy because Roy seemed much more involved with the animals as Siegfried was sort of strutting around the stage describing what Roy was doing. Well, and Roy, wasn't Roy the magician? Yeah, I don't remember much magic in it, although... Well, illusionist. Yeah, uh, yes, much more than than Siegfried. And I don't recall, you know, Siegfried was the one who was sort of the voice of the show. And uh, on one of those times I saw him, I sat right down on the very front row on the edge of the stage. And uh, as they said their goodbyes at the end, uh, they were uh, Siegfried was shaking hands while Roy was back with the animals. Good to see you. Good to see you. Good to see you. <laughs> and and he shook my hand. And you. And you. Oh. And I shook Siegfried's hand. And the thing I recall is, man, these animals are now awfully close to where we are. Because that's when they, the animals all, also circled the stage, uh, strutting around at the end of the performance. And I was thinking then, boy, they are, they, because there were no leashes or chains. That was part of the daring element of the act. The, nobody, uh, no gun firing in the air that I recall, like you'd see at the old circuses. Nothing to back back, you know, no whips or or anything that looked like they were in full control of the animals. No fences, no anything. So, yeah, yeah. it was part of it. I mean, you know, I think everybody down in the front got nervous watching those tigers walking around. But that was part of it. I mean, it was like looking at the movie Mighty Joe Young. And when they brought Mighty Joe Young to yeah. the nightclub in New York, what made it so appealing was the danger in it from the audiences. As you saw the this huge mighty Joe Young on stage, this awesome looking gorilla, uh, and you were wondering how tame could he possibly be made while you were there. Okay, that's the first one. Let's go to Little Richard real quick because I saw I, I'm looking at you. People don't know that I can see you uh, from <laughs> FaceTime, and I see you anxious to to jump in and and say something ramblish. <laughs> Before you start to ramble, wait a minute. I have to read something. Oh, my goodness. But go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. I'm the ringmaster. I'm Siegfried. Yeah, you are. Thank you for coming to our show. Thank you very much. All right, Siegfried. But uh, you want to read what you want to read first? No, because then we're going to take a break. Okay. Uh, a break from what? We haven't been doing anything. <laughs> a break. We from just, my life. Oh, Wow. Well, anyway, uh, Little Richard. Make it good. You see, you rambled me right out of my train of thought. (laughs) Unbelievable. Little Richard. Unbelievable. Little Richard. uh, Phenomenal. Tutti Frutti and and the rest of the songs. But uh, uh, my my brother-in-law grew up in Macon, Georgia, and that's where Little Richard was from. And little Richard was not that much older than my brother-in-law. And my brother-in-law would tell uh, stories from time to time of running into little Richard around town. And and folks way back then when little Richard was a teenager knew that he was going to be something special because nobody looked like that or acted like that or could perform like that. And out of that little town in Macon, uh, little Richard became this huge sensation. 
as did Otis Redding, I believe, was another one to come out of Macon, Georgia. Sitting on the dock of the bay. Yes. So Macon had this little pool of talent. Oh. That, uh, and the rest is history, as they say. So go on and read what you want to read. Well, one thing on Little Richard, and then I'll read it. You know, uh, the real true sign of greatness and somebody yes. being legendary is when other artists that go on and become great copied you. And so many of them did. They were inspired by him and his music. They couldn't do what he did, but they put their own twist on it and became great artists themselves. Or unfortunately stole from you. Or stole from you. That's right. Because yeah, uh, for years, you know, Pat Boone made a living off of Little Richard songs. Did because, he? yeah, at the time, my understanding of it is that, you know, back in the 50s and 40s as well, uh, black uh, entertainers who recorded those those records were considered race music. Really? Yes. And so there was a confined to the community uh, that uh, only black folks. And then for it to be a major nationwide hit, somebody like uh, Pat Boone would come along and, and take the song. And there were many people who thought Tutti Fruity, Tutti Fruity, oh Rudy, Tutti Fruity. You know, he made it uh, more of uh, uh, more bland. <laughs> Might be the best way to to put it. And he but certainly didn't this, move like Little Richard in no, his white no, shoes. But it, but it became this huge hit, uh, much greater because his audience was much greater than Little Richard's. Now we're going to be sued by Little Richard's estate for you stealing a song and singing it. But I sang it like Pat Boone would. <laughs> then Pat Boone will come get us. Hey, the, opposite, the opposite has occurred now. Nobody's listening to Pat Boone music and everybody would listen to Little Richard. So yeah. Therefore, nobody would recognize what I did. Hey, Steve, if you like Back to You... And who doesn't these days? Then be sure to check out some of the other programs on the Radio Misfits misfits podcast network like the car guys report informed automotive mark vernon and lou costable true lifelong car guys who have motor oil in their veins cover everything from what's going on in the auto industry to cars they've seen while running errands if it has tires an engine and a steering wheel it's fair game for these two the car guys report informed automotive go to opishows.com or wherever you find podcasts just search for Radio Misfits. And I imagine a lot of people are going to feel more comfortable in their car as opposed to traveling other ways. They are, uh, but that's one of the other things I put down on my list that I haven't done in a long time, uh, besides haircut, uh, go to the dry cleaner and put gas on my car. Cannot remember the last time I was at the gas station. I can remember mine clearly. I was there last week. Were you? Yeah, because I've gotten in my car one thing that we like to do and it really is like a, a another breath of fresh air <laughs> to, to, to say car and fresh air at the same time sounds funny but instead of walking around you can get in your car and ride around and, and just to get a sense of the world beyond your doorsteps and without a destination but just ride around for or, little period of time and come back home. Oh, I'll buy that. I've, I've gone for rides. I just haven't gone through all of my gas yet. I guess I was filled up when we got this stay-at-home order. Hey, yeah. we'll be right back on Back to You. Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report Informed Automotive, we talk about those cars you may hate but still love. Quirky Euro exotics, anybody? Plus, cars for real cheapskates. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me and Luke Hostable for these stories and more on the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. If you missed Lasano Lausano or Los Lausano and friends, here's what you missed. Hi, Fred Winston here, Chicago radio guy. <laughs> now, Fred, Tony, you were the first voice on Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, yeah, that was my big uh, cinematic moment. It is a beautiful day in Chicago today. Temperatures expected to reach the upper 70s. Right now, 75 at the lakefront, 74 at Midway, 73 at O'Hare. And now, up 
in the sky. Don Nelson. Paris. Yeah, pretty right. goddamn riveting, wasn't it? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, got, I got John Hughes in the studio, and we're in a commercial break. He says, uh, could you imagine your voice coming out of the theater speakers in the theater? I said, uh, yeah, what does it pay? <laughs> Mercenary. So I go in the studio, and I'm recording stuff, and I'm uh, doing uh, buffo DJ crap. And uh, clever ad libs, and uh, you know, well, blah, blah 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 blah, and they didn't want that. They wanted the uh, right. the straight crap. Right. <laughs> so he invited me to go with him to the premiere. Uh huh. And I said, well, I can't do that yeah. because I get up at 3:30 in the morning. I'm sorry. You know, I'm not going to give up my sleep. I don't give right. a crap if it is a movie. <laughs> so he fixed my ass. I got paid, but I got no movie credit. Yeah. Oh really? Uh, no credit? Really? No, no uh, credit in the movie. Every one. Got a credit, except <laughs> me. Unbelievable! Wow. And you're the first voice. Yeah. Well, that's okay. Yeah. Do you do you get checks in the mail still for like 16 cents for that? Or no, no. Really? It was a we... one-time flat fee oh. of 337 dollars and 65 cents. Oh man, that, yeah, I'm swimming that, in it. Yeah. <laughs> Radio Misfits. Get more. Lozano and friends. Lozano. Now on Lawsano.com. Good luck trying to spell Lawsano or whatever it's called. That's nice. I bet that's pretty goddamn compelling, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sorry. We are back. This is Back to You with Howard Sudbury and the rest. You're a funny guy. Funny guy, Howard. Funny how? Just the way you tell a story. Just the way I tell a story. I listen to your stories. Hey, you challenged me this week to uh, take a personality test. Myers-Briggs is the famous personality test. And they give you your results. So you said, check out Myers-Briggs. So I went to their website and looked at the test. And you you answer a bunch of multiple choice questions. And you get an assessment of what your personality is like. Myers-Briggs, when I got to the end of it, they charge you 50 bucks. I knew you didn't pay 50 bucks. <laughs> no, I found a different one, and you found the same I one. I found the same one. 16 personalities? Yeah. Is that what yours was? Yeah, and, and the reason why I did it, look, every day I'm in a quest to do something to make the day different or to occupy my time for an hour or so, and I stumble upon things. From time to time. That's why I I stumbled on this on the Internet and said that would be interesting. I've always been mindful of personalities and and, and you think about yourself and, and how would you describe the way you are. And I said, well, what do I have to lose? And like you, yeah, that Myers-Briggs thing was, what, 50 bucks? So I didn't do that. And I scrolled down a little farther and found this test that you took that just was, for the fun of it. I don't know free. how much... And it, because it was free. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and you didn't have to give your email address or anything like that, which is another thing I'm always leery of doing. Yeah, after I took it, I sent you a test or a text. And I said, I took your personality test. I failed. <laughs> and you yeah. said, did you really fail? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you can fail one, can you? It's not pass, <laughs> fail, no. So but, anyway, would you reveal... Yeah the name of your personality and give me a little description of it. And well, uh, we wonder if we landed on the same one. Now there's 16 different types, supposedly, mm-hmm. according to these people. And I'm thinking the odds are pretty high that we did not land on the same one, but who knows? You have to answer a series of questions about yourself, your likes, your dislikes, your behavior, uh, your point of view about things. And then, uh, in summary, they conclude your personality type. Now, I'm going to describe, before I tell you the, the name of it, and they name the type, but here's what mine says about, about me. Okay, you ready? Yes. It says that the people who, ch- who share this personality type are, lack for a better word, popular, which makes sense given that it's also a very common personality type. And it makes up 12% of the population. And in high school, uh, my type, they're the cheerleaders and the quarterbacks 
setting the tone, taking the spotlight, and leading their teams forward to victory and fame. And later in life, they continue to enjoy supporting their friends and loved ones, organizing social gatherings, and doing their best to make sure everyone is happy. So uh, that's that's uh, uh, interesting. You know, it's uh, someone who cares a lot about other folks and uh, wants to ensure that they're as happy as uh, they appear to be. And uh, I'm scrolling down here because it says among their strengths are uh, strong practical skills, a strong sense of duty, very loyal, sensitive, and warm. And they're good at connecting with others. Wow. They hit me on the head with that one. Warm and fuzzy. I think and, they got you. And the name of the personality is the console. Console. Huh. C-O-N-S-U-L. Well, we're uh, not, as you said, there are 16 different types. And no. the odds of us landing on the same one were, were slim. And we didn't. We didn't. Okay. Yeah. So I am an advocate, and that is someone with the introverted, intuitive, feeling, and judging personality traits. They tend to approach life with deep thoughtfulness and imagination. Their inner vision... What? (laughs) Bullshit. No, no, go ahead. Keep going. going. (laughs) Their inner vision, personal values, and a quiet, principled version of of humanism guide them in all things the advocate personality type is very rare making up less than one percent of the population but they nonetheless leave their mark on the world wow man i like that i don't know who's i like better i'm gonna retake the test yeah. Well, let me look now, here. Now, hang on. Strengths and yeah. weaknesses I'll give you real quickly. Yeah. Uh, creative, insightful, inspiring and convincing, decisive, determined, and passionate, altruistic. Now, let me give, give you, me... The, hang on. Let me give you weaknesses real quick. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sensitive. I don't know what's wrong with that. Extremely private. Always need to have a cause can burn out easily. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, They got that one right. I'm burnt out right now. Now, let me tell you some of my negatives, because I told you the positives. All right, so these are the weaknesses for me. (laughs) Worried about their social status. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Inflexible, inflexible. Wow. Place a lot of importance on what's socially acceptable and can be very cautious, even critical of anything that's unconventional. Yeah, I don't I'm very I I agree with that. I'm inflexible to a degree. They're reluctant to innovate or improvise. (laughs) Not true. I, I don't know about that. Vulnerable to criticism. Very true. Yes. Very sensitive, overly sensitive, aren't you? Oh, I think we all yeah. are. Well, that 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 I, that we're in the business we were in. I think they got this one uh, real correct for me because I am. Uh, it says uh, very defensive and hurt if someone, especially a person close to them, criticizes their habits, beliefs, or traditions. <laughs> wow! So shut up! Don't talk to me. And often too needy. Too needy. Uh, hmm, that's interesting. Uh, if their efforts go unnoticed, you start fishing for compliments <laughs> in attempts to get reassurance of how much they're valued. Yeah. How am I doing on this podcast? <laughs> yes. How right. was the show? Did we do okay? Did I sound who's all right? Liable, who's liable to say that more? You or you, me? You. You'll say and, it because you, you know why? Because you wow. know that I have listened. Okay, uh, and they're okay. too selfless, too selfless, selfless. I'll buy that. You are. Uh, uh, let's see. The other side of this is they sometimes try to establish their value with doting attention, <laughs> <laughs> something that can quickly overwhelm those who don't need it. 
they often neglect their own needs in the process. Uh, that's interesting, I guess, at least to me. Now, they also told you some other folks that that are like you, right? Yes. That some people have the same personality. And who would they be? Well, this is where I this is where I got off. Um, the two advocates that they mentioned were are Martin Luther King and Nelson Mandela. Wow. Now, that's Boy, that heavy company. company. Yeah. That's very heavy company. Now, when you read that, did you immediately feel better about yourself? No, I immediately thought what you said a few minutes ago, bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Those are great men. Yes. Well, that um, truly left their mark on the world, but maybe maybe they had inside of them and their private selves, maybe they had some of the personality traits that I have. Not that I'm, uh, you know, have ever risen to the obviously legendary historic figures, risen to their level of contributions to the world, but maybe there's a part of them that was a little bit like me. Is that you know possible? So, you know what is so incredibly funny? <laughs> I'm, I'm ashamed to mention the, the, the two names that came up first. That are like me. Well, I was too. You, you read your no, your your two again are who? Say them again. Nelson Mandela. Yeah. And Martin Luther King Jr. And I'll give you the two that came up first with for me. You ready for this? Can I take a crack at it? <laughs> no, no. I don't even think you'd get <laughs> you'd come close to these two. Soupy and, Sales. No. First of all, these are two women. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not all of them are women, but these are two women that came up right away. You ready? Bette Midler. Taylor, Taylor Swift, Jennifer Garner. Oh. <laughs> Good Lord. What is going on? Oh, and then the next name is Bill Clinton. Ah. And, and Steve Harvey. Bill Clinton, Steve Harvey, Danny Glover, and Jennifer Lopez. Wow. Wow, that's I so never had that many names come up. Of course, my personality type makes up less than 1% of the world. Yeah, yeah. You're in the rare air. Yeah. Yeah, and notice I'm all of these folks who uh, are really uh, out there uh, in front of the crowd. True. Sally, Sally Field, Tyra Banks. Hmm. And uh, then they give you characters and shows that you're like. The Carmella from The Sopranos. I don't know what that's all about. Mm. Uh, Did you watch all of The Sopranos? Sopranos. Yes. Yeah. I, I was Carmella? Was she always trying to keep the peace in the family or something? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe that was a part of the reasoning behind. That, that. was a challenge. Uh, obviously. So, <laughs> yeah. I don't think she did a great job of that. Did she? It was tough to rein Tony in. Yeah. Uh, and then Mrs. Hudson from the Sherlock Holmes series. I, I don't know what that means. Yeah, I never saw it, that. Um, well, anyway, are uh, you feel any more enlightened about yourself or, or about me after that? Well, I mean, obviously when I heard those names, I thought, eh, come on. But as now, I those said to you, don't... Two, those weren't the only two names they gave you, was it? Well, it said most likely. There's the only two I saw. If I had seen more, I wasn't going to read that entire list that you. <laughs> <laughs> wow, mine has about 150 more people. Now, after we're done with this, you'll call me and you'll say, "Did I read too many names?" <laughs> <laughs> wow, I just went on and on. Why didn't you cut me off? Yeah. You yeah, always that's... talk over me. Why didn't you talk over me then? <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I told you what your your motto is. People don't know, and I guess folks do this to each other during the course of dealing with all of this. You're one who will text me uh, some new alert you've found with information that is scary. And then I always wonder, why does he think I need to know that? Some new statistic or some new symptom or some other virus-related thing that's only going to bring me down. And then I realize, well, that's probably living up to Howard's motto, which is, why should you be happy? <laughs> yes. I called Steve 
And we're all trying, I think, to keep our sanity, to stay away from the news once in a while and kind of cut ourselves off from it. So you were in that mode, but I happened to dip in and see something. I think it was in the middle of the night I read it, and it really kind of scared me or upset me. So I Yeah, and so the so, first person you want to think of is passing that fear on to me. So, I I, so the next day when I get up and get around, I ring ring you and uh, you answer. And I say, I read something last night that really upset me. And you said, yeah, now you want to lay it on me. <laughs> right. I don't understand it. Why don't I get a call that says, hey, I just saw something really wonderful. It made me <laughs> laugh all day. Or I, I haven't stopped smiling about it yet. No, I don't get those kind of phone calls or texts. Not for me. No, at 10 o'clock at night, have you heard about this symptom? (laughs) Oh, I just want to lay this on you. Good night. Have a good night after that. (laughs) No, I don't don't need that. I I don't understand it. Sometimes I'll make one up. Like, are (laughs) you suffering from, from insomnia? And I'll text oh. you at 1 a.m. with that. <laughs> oh. Oh. I, get enough of that. I get enough of that with the TV. I'm starting my TV choices now. I've really changed a lot. Uh, I uh, I look for really I like old old movies now or old. But then sometimes uh, even looking at a film or a TV show or a game that's an old game reminds you so much of how it used to be. True. Well, I think we need those reminders. You know why? Why is that? Because it's going to be like that again someday. Yes. So that's what you have to focus on. That's what I try to focus on. And you're kidding me about, you know, the bad news. I I really try to stay away from it. And, you know, while I'm respectful to the people that have lost their lives and are sick and everything, but I try to stay away from it and focus forward to when... Happy days are here again. Speech. speech. <laughs> I was trying to think of the words the happy days again are here again. <laughs> so we could get sued again. The, the skies above are clearer then. Right. Are clear again uh, or clearer uh, then? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I don't know. That's too old, old fogish. It is. It's a great song, though. Uh, and you'll hear those songs pop up. You know, people are familiar with them because they pop up in, in, you know, current shows and movies and what have you. Hey, Steve, listen, subscribe, rate. Back to you on opishows.com or wherever you find your podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. So let's sing a song of cheer again because happy days are here again. Yes. Ah, you Googled it. No, I didn't. You can see both my hands. They're hands-free. I didn't Google anything. I just happened to be wonderful. When we were down in the studio, we had... Look at me looking for praise. That personality type was right. And my personality type just ignores it and moves on. Yes. When we were in the studio, we would have had Tony Lasano pass that across the table to us with the answer. And here's the lyrics. Yeah. And Samuel would have chimed in. He would have. I hope they know... We miss them a we, lot. We do. Just being in the presence of their company. We do. Because this show would not be without them. Although I think we're holding up pretty well and uh, connecting the way that we have in the past, which is poorly. <laughs> <laughs> you don't always answer. In fact, as we record this, we started at 1 o'clock and you said, you texted me yesterday and said, hey, how about 1 o'clock, 1 p.m. sharp? So I'll I, tell you the truth. Go ahead. Keep going. So I FaceTimed you at 1 p.m. No answer. I had just finished my pizza, and I was feeling awfully gassy. <laughs> That's and your personality I felt, type. I felt like I was going to blow up. Oh, gassy. So, uh, so I had to get myself together and then get comfortable. Hey, I want to mention that website from the personality profile we took. It is uh, 16personalities.com. Is it now? Yep, 16personalities.com. And it's interesting. I think everybody will enjoy doing that. Um, Before we go, I want to ask you about uh, The Last Dance, episodes 7 and 8. 
What was your impression? Uh, it really focused on Michael Jordan, uh, the tyrant, the maniac in practice in his quest to make his teammates better or make them be like Mike. What was your impression? Did your impression of him change your image of him? Well, I think it sort of reinforced what is needed. You need some kind of force on a team, no matter what sport it is. You know, any football, baseball, basketball, you, you need somebody who is the driving force. And I think many times that person is going to come off uh, bullyish or mean or uh, hard to understand. And, I, and so I, I guess I forgive that kind of behavior. It depends on, uh, once again, your personality type and how, how long you can deal with it. You know, I, you, I don't think I could um, deal with somebody in my face like that. It would be, I'd react to that pretty quickly. There's some folks who uh, need that kind of push. Um, and so maybe it's necessary. Maybe every long-lasting championship team has had a personality like that. Well, maybe not quite like that. That could back it up with the, you know, with the ability that he had. But uh, one of his lines was something like, you know, I pushed people that didn't want to be pushed, and I challenged people that didn't want to be challenged. And I think it gave people a glimpse, and I already knew this from covering sports for so long, it gave people a glimpse of how hard a team has to practice in order to be championship ready. If you don't have great practices, if you don't go at it and get better every day in practice, you're not going to win a championship. Did he seem mean to you? Yeah, he was probably, yeah, he was mean. I mean, the guys told you about it. He was mean on the basketball court in practice and in games. But that doesn't mean, and I'm not apologizing for him, but it doesn't mean he's a mean person. It means that he was mean when he had to be, and he acted mean. So I I wasn't shy. I knew what he was like, and because I covered all that, you know, he slugged Steve Kerr, which they talked about in the show. And then he called him up and apologized for it. And he said, it's not personal. So it, it was making Kerr better. And Kerr had finally when, had enough of his crap. Well, when you think about it, I guess every team does to Getting back to my earlier point, I think every team needs somebody like that. Phil Jackson wasn't like that, my understanding of him, just as a fan. He always seemed to keep his cool and to be understated. Although I, I'm sure he got in the face of players, too. You just didn't see as much of that from him. Yeah, I think Phil had a, you know, he would be interesting uh, to see his personality if he took this personality profile because he had a lot of sides to him, but it was a kind of kind of a laid back philosophical guy. But, you know, the other side of him was extremely competitive. You've got to have that fire in you to play in the NBA like he did. Uh, he was a great player, a sixth man for the Knicks. But, you know, he took all of his experiences throughout life and brought him to the table as a coach. And he, he knew how to meld all those personalities. But if you notice what Jordan said after he slugged Kerr is that Jackson threw him out of practice. Yeah, he did. Yes. That was interesting. He, he took charge of that situation and, and tossed him out. Yeah. And then when Michael was sitting in the locker room and Phil walked in, Michael said that, you know, he immediately said, hey, I'm sorry, Phil, I screwed up. I lost it for a few minutes. And Jackson or uh, Jordan felt bad about it. And he called Kerr, as I said, and he apologized. So uh, I knew what he was like. I don't think it's going to change anybody's image of Michael Jordan that already liked him. I think it's just going to reinforce what a winner he was. All these episodes I always play Where's Howard? <laughs> like, where? Where's Waldo? And I did see you uh, on one occasion where you stood out. Did you happen to see it, too? I didn't see it in these two. Uh, you didn't at all? No. I saw, I saw you. Uh, now you're going to tell me, oh, that wasn't me. But <laughs> I saw you uh, the day that Jordan announced he was retiring, and there was that sea of people 
gathered around from Tom Brokaw to yeah. people who are in the sports world, just loaded with cameras and reporters. And on his way out, uh, you were there pretty close to him saying something to him. Oh, I did see that. I did walk out with him. Yeah. One of our, f- one of our former cameramen at Channel 2 texted me. He lives in Maui. Our friend John. Yes. And he texted, kiss ass. <laughs> like I was walking out. I said, that was my job. I was trying to get an interview. So I was dogging him one last time. And you said 20 years from now, that's going to be a famous moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I had gotten something. Yeah. Um, let me tell you something else about experiences real quickly. When you mentioned Tom Brokaw and all these guys, you know, Jordan talked about how he just absolutely thought that the Madison Square Garden in New York was the arena, was the mecca of pro basketball and so many other things, famous concerts and fights and everything. I felt the same way. I mean, you could feel the history when you walked in that place. So when the Bulls played out there, I don't remember when it was, but they were playing the Knicks. And I interviewed Mike Lupica, the longtime New York columnist, sports columnist. And he said, I asked him how big this is in New York, because, you know, New York, with all of its population and Broadway and all the stars that are there all the time, it's hard to get New York's attention. And he said, well, there's big and then there's New York big. He said, this is New York big. He said, it's like the town has stopped with Michael Jordan coming to town. And I could see that around the garden. Uh, you mentioned Brokaw. He was in the front row. I saw Harrison Ford. Spike Lee, of course, goes to all the Knicks games. And I actually met Woody Allen. And he was in his seat. And I was in an aisle that led to the locker rooms. And I had a great conversation with him. And he had, was it Soon Yi, his wife? Yes. Yeah. Was next. And he introduced me to her. And then I asked him after we talked for 10 or 15 minutes, nicest guy in the world. And I said, would you be willing to do a little interview? And he said, oh, no, 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 no. He said, I don't do television interviews. But he said, I would be glad to sit here off camera and talk basketball with you all night long. So he was very kind, but no interviews. And did you say, well, can you introduce me to your daughter? I mean, your wife? (laughs) I didn't go there. Okay, okay. I didn't go there. I should have. <laughs> no, you didn't have time for that. No, I didn't have time for it. But that's that's what the circus was like around the Bulls. Well, I think that's it. You've got to be kidding me. It's like we just started. It is. Maybe, not to me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should end soon because I don't want you to throw some latest alert at me. That you just heard that's going to bring me down for the rest of the day. No, I'll do that when we're done with this. <laughs> I'll, call, <laughs> I'll call you. Uh, we have a special thanks to executive producer Tony Lasana with opishows.com. Opi is hippo backwards, O-P-P-I-H shows.com. This is distributed by Ed Silha with Radio Misfits. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place, radiomisfits.com. This has been another wonderful episode, and it's just a look at a, a little slice of life. See, I'm bringing it all back to slices again. You know, you started off with a slice of cold pizza. This has just been a, a little slice of our lives as we are dealing with the uh, coronavirus and, and what it has done to our day-to-day living. Yep, and the slice of life, bringing it all full circle to your pizza that you had right before we recorded this and your disdain of cold pizza. And as we conclude, hopefully knowing that this is the John Coltrane of podcasts, he yeah. never knows. Stop. I'm going to say goodbye. Goodbye. This Opie podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. The proceeding was a presentation of OPI Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. 
Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? What do you get when you hear a celebrity Minutia Men interview, Dave? Rick, think of Dan Rather and Bill Maher having a kid. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. So you'll get Minutia. Right. What does a Damone from Fast Times and Ridgemont High really think about the movie? Only right? one place to find out, and that's Celebrity Minutia Men interview, a Tony Lasano podcast. Go to opishows.com or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. And friends and everyone at Opie Shows want you to make sure to wash your hands. And if you're still one of those people who don't wash their hands after they use the bathroom, please do that now. That's something you should have been doing anyway. I... Cover your mouth when you cough. I know. You can save the world by sitting on your ass at home. You cannot afford to miss this opportunity. You won't get another one. Great Talk Radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. Stay home. You will be saving the world. Is this over? Yes. <laughs>